I am one of the people who built the country. Until this moment, there is scarcely any hope for the American dream because the people who are denied participation in it by their very presence will wreck it. And if that happens, it's a very grave moment for the West. Thank you. Everything is trash. 2020 is trash. The politics of 2020 are trash. Everybody's opinions are trash. There are a couple of songs that came out this week that were trash. The legends really let us down. There was some really, I was really disappointed by some of the legends that we got this week. But beyond the music, it was also a trash week because we learned after. I guess now is almost a month of silence, or at least three weeks of silence. Megan Thee Stallion has finally come out specifically and pointed out Tory Lanez as a shooter, as a person who shot her in the foot. Um, the the I guess the shaming and the constant talk of whether she was lying or not kind of put Megan in a made her feel as if she had to come on social media and, you know, show her feet and show the wounds that she suffered because of the gunshots. And I mean, it's just a sad state of affairs. You know, it's not, it's not terribly hard to believe that Tory Lanez or any man for that matter could get out of pocket in this kind of way. We've seen it happen a bunch of times with a bunch of other women. Um, It was weird to see people, try to defend Tory Lanez. And I think even on our last podcast, when we talked about this situation, we didn't even bother to really go with a lot of allegedly. Like, I think we all knew what it was. And it was obvious that, you know, Meg was trying to keep it quiet and not really go as far as she did. But here we are. Now we know what it is. And it kind of just confirms the stuff that we were talking about before and i think now that she's actually said that this is tory it brings out some other layers and other things that that we can talk about to kind of further address this issue because this isn't going away anytime soon this is where we're at and this particular story is going to be a story that's going to be talked about for a long time for very good reason um so we're going to get into all of that and we're going to get into the trash music that came out this weekend Whatever else comes out of our mouth will just be what it is. This is the Summer State Podcast. This is where Mike inserts the Oscar the Grouch clip. Oh, I love trash. Anything dirty or dingy or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten. <laughs> this, is, this is where Oscar is our special guest for the week. Exactly. Exactly. Um... Hi guys. Our What's going on? Our group text was very lively this week. Oh uh, yeah. There's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> there there is a lot we got happening. we got into it. Yeah, there's a lot happening. So I think oh, I guess I should stop my phone from ringing in the middle of our recording a podcast. Um okay, so I I I will set the tone for where well, first of all, let's, let's state this. Where do we want to start with this? Do we want to start with Pharrell and Jay-Z, Entrepreneur? Do we want to start with Meg and Tori? Where, do, where exactly do we want to go here first? 
think we could pick up where you left off in the intro. And let's start with Megan and Tori. Okay, Megan and Tori. So it was sad, man. It was really sad to watch Megan on that live. Um, obviously, the the intersection of a million things like came together at one point, right? So, you know, she explains how she gets into an argument with Tori in a car. And she decides she's had enough. So she gets out of the car and decides, I guess she's going to walk or whatever. Now, granted, they're in the hills of, of Los Angeles. Like, not saying that she's in some crime-ridden neighborhood, but, like, that's just the beginning of it. Like, okay, a woman has to get out of your car and feel like she has to walk because whatever's going on inside that car isn't sitting well with her. It's already a bad look, you know. No black woman should be walking anywhere on the streets in at God knows whatever hour that was. And whether it's Beverly Hills or not, you know, there's people who want to do stuff to people everywhere. So, like, that's already unsafe as it is. But then the idea that Meg got out of the car and she was already out of the car, the situation should have been over at that point. And Tori found it necessary to like continue the situation, not yelling and arguing, but he found it necessary to draw a weapon and like point it in her direct anywhere in her vicinity to even pull the weapon out. It's like, bro, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I just I don't understand. And then the idea that Meg had to basically get back in the car with this person who she just was trying to escape after being shot, because at this point she needs to go to the hospital. Mm hmm. And, you know, the police come and she's scared to death of the police. She's scared to death of Tori. Everything was just all bad. And it was just crazy to sit there and listen to her have to explain this situation to everybody who. I mean, clearly she wasn't talking to those of us who know better. But like for people who were defending Tory Lanez, like what's even to defend? I don't understand it at all. Like even if he's your favorite artist, which I don't understand either, but like. You're defending Tory Lanez? Like for what? I just mm. it was it's just it's just weird. It's just mm-hmm. weird and just sad and it was just it's disappointing all around to see how it all played out. Right, right, right. Um this week I found out that my brother might be the biggest Tory Lanez fan to currently exist over the past few months. And I definitely had to express my disappointment there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when it came to talking about the Tory and Megan situation, you know, this isn't a question of artistry. Like, we're not talking about his artistic merits or, you know, his um, his personality. You know, this isn't or this isn't so much about like how he has star power. This is everything to just do with his direct actions and the consequences that should have happened. Um, This has everything to do with the fact that Megan felt cornered, not only by Tori, but then also by the cops. I mean, that was the toughest part of all, like her trying to explain the negotiations that are going on in her head, which is, you know, I either, you know, have to, I either have to deal with Tori or there's the matter of the police and the fact that she felt that they were being particularly aggressive. And in the midst of this Black Lives Matter moment, like that's a real choice to make. Like what what do you do in that scenario? And she chooses to defend Tori and be like, fuck it, you know, this, the, the police that are, you know, flying above head um, feels like the bigger risk at that moment. And that's sad. That's really sad. 
I mean, she basically had to choose between two abusers. Like, who, what's the, what is like the lesser of those two evils? Right. Like the man who just shot her, or the the black man who just shot her, or the white man who might shoot her. Exactly. Exactly. Because like, it was the neighbors that called the cops, right? That's what she said. Yeah, she says there's a witness. Someone in that neighborhood either heard the argument, heard the car, whatever happened that, you know, would make someone look out their window at, you know, some ridiculous time of night. It must have been a pretty loud commotion even before the shooting began for someone to be, like I said, either outside or looking out their window or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So that's going to be interesting, too. Like this person who is the witness are they going to fully cooperate? What did they see? What didn't they see? You know, like how deeply can they um, indict Tori? And that's what it seems like, right? Where she, especially as Megan the Stallion, she she's in this space where she has so many people vying for her attention, and she's looking to see who she can trust. I think that's like the, the the number one thing, right? Where you you gain some notoriety, and the first thing is, okay, who can I trust? And she ended up in a situation where she could trust nobody, and her life kind of hung in the balance. Even though she got shot in the foot, man, you just don't know how that situation could have escalated beyond that moment. You know, uh, before you got on job, I was telling Christina how I had a classmate recently get murdered, and. I went to, you know, the body viewing and I'm, I'm just I'm sitting there really thinking about how this man was shot over a, a Facebook disagreement. And it was just, you know, the other guy who's also a classmate sent the address. He pulled up. He didn't have a gun on him, you know, but he, he went over there to settle whatever the differences was and he ended up getting shot twice. And I just and I just been thinking about that, and I've been thinking about Megan, and just thinking about how how bad it could have been for her, how we could be we could be having a completely different podcast about that woman, because that man decided to bring a gun to whatever the issue was, just just that quick. He made a decision that could have cost her her life, could have cost him his life. It may cost him his life. We don't even know the ramifications of this yet. We don't know how far this is going to go. But I just know in that split second, he threw away everything. He really, really, really could have harmed this woman. Over what, man? What? what? And I was talking to my little brother about it because, you know, I haven't been on social. So he's telling me, he's like, bro, they call it Megan a snitch on Twitter. I said, who? He was like, bro, they are. And I, and I couldn't believe it. Me and him, we sat there and we talked about it for a little bit about just the the situation of what Megan says, what happened as far as she got out the car and his reaction to that was to pull a gun out and shoot her. And she's the snitch. Well, she's first of all, the, the people who Well, the people that were talking about snitching are people who also have never been in the streets for anything street related. So like, I mean, I know we all listen to this music. We all participate in this culture, and part of hip hop culture is street culture, and and like what goes on in the streets between uh, gangs and drug dealings, and you know people just how they get down in the streets. So we've all kind of, I guess, commandeered some of this terminology because it's it's kind of woven into the fabric of the culture. But 
people don't really even understand what the hell they're talking about. You know, like, first off, the idea of snitching refers to people who are all involved in crime who decided to tell on the people who they were in doing crime with. Megan wasn't involved in any crime. She was at a pool party. She was arguing with a man. She got shot because that man shot her. There's no, that's not snitching. That's, that's not, that's not, if someone does something to me, I'm going to tell who did something to me. There isn't any circumstance under which I feel obligated to operate by some code of, oh, well, I, I, I shouldn't tell on this person because then I'll be labeled a snitch. I'm not in the streets. I don't care if anyone thinks I'm a snitch. I'm not going to, and I, and I totally understand how in certain cases, you know, snitching might could cost you your life if you're living that way. I don't live that way. So I have no problem. I don't have I don't have any fear of <laughs> retribution of some other crime syndicate coming after me because I told <laughs> yes. the police that somebody shot me. Like yes. I don't have that that's not even an issue. It's not even anything to think about. So this whole idea of snitching being said by a bunch of people who have never probably even been arrested before is like I just I just throw that whole whatever you're saying I just disregard it wholly in like you have no you have no standing you have no credibility like you shouldn't even really be speaking at this point. Yes. Thank you for that reminder that we're not doing some La Cosa Nostra type shit. This is stupid. Yeah, like this is not the Godfather. This is not Omerta. This is not like no, bro. <laughs> like <laughs> If some if someone kicked down your Mima's door and stole, you know, her TV and all her fine china, I hope that she called the police. I hope that you called the police. I hope that you didn't go out in the streets with your weapon and try to find out who has your Mima's stuff. I get it that we're not like pro police right now or probably really ever, but like calling the police isn't like the coolest thing in the world right now. But um there's some situations that are better left handled for authorities and people who won't go to jail for figuring it out, <laughs> figuring out what the crime is or what the problem is or whatever the case is. Like, I just it's just so weird to be calling Megan a snitch. Like, what, like what, I don't like I just like is she supposed to shoot back. Is that what she's that's what I'm saying? She, what is this say? She's supposed to call Jay Prince and be like, hey, Jay Prince, like, hey, I need you to murder Tory Lanez for me because I can't snitch. Like, (laughs) what are we talking about here? Like, what's going to help her feel safe after this? You know, like, I think there's there's a lot of potential trauma in a situation like this where it's not just some random guy shot at you. This is like an industry peer. This is someone who works in the same business as you. This is someone who probably ends up on the same playlist. It could be played on the same radio station as you. This is just not some some rando. Like, this is somebody in the business. And if this is how he treats you, how do you look at other people in the business? How do you find any trust after this? How do you how do you go about your your business side of things and, and being in the industry where community is such a big thing, where relationships is such a big thing, and just trying to be that person who is around, who goes to pool parties, who's a face. Like, 
You got shot. That, I think the craziest part to me is the fact that Tori is quote unquote an industry peer because I think that gets to the heart of why there has been relative silence from those very same industry peers. Like that's what's been most striking about the whole thing is that as the situation continues to drag out, I think part of the reason why Megan feels like she has to go to IG Live to explain her side of the story is because otherwise there's no other show of support. She has to like basically defend herself. I I really haven't seen a reckoning in the industry where it's like, okay, you gotta say, I mean, I feel like I've seen more support for Kanye West for president than I've seen for Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, I was listening to Sway in the Morning uh, Friday, and they had uh, Dave East on. And the first couple of they were talking about something, they were talking about sports and other stuff to begin with. And then Sway asked him, you know, about Megan. And, like, you know, Megan had just pointed out Tory Lanez and, and that kind of thing. And I still don't even really know what made Sway ask dave east this question i mean i guess it was just like a, a, a relative like you know this is what's going on at the moment so let's just ask another rapper about what's happening in the moment so he asked dave about this question this, i don't have any problem with him asking dave what's going on but as soon as he asked dave the question before dave could even answer i started to feel like this isn't gonna go well and 15 seconds later it was not going well at all like dave had the opportunity to it was like a layup like this is one of those things where like you know a journalist asked donald trump a lot of questions and some of them are just easy questions to answer that you shouldn't even have to find yourself in the midst of controversy and yet you just choose to answer with something crazy that's going to hit you in the middle of controversy and so dave east proceeds to say well you know you know, uh, you know, the situation is crazy. You know, Tori, that's my guy. And, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world. So, you know, and Meg, and Meg is like, you know, Meg got some size on her. So, you know, maybe Tori what? felt like he was in fear of her life. I mean, we weren't there, but you just know, like, Tori isn't that big. And, you know what I mean? So, like, not being that big, who knows what was going on in the car. Like, maybe he was just scared that whoop de whoop de whoop de whoop And I got all, I like, as soon as he started talking, like my my visceral reaction was like, oh, I gotta turn this off. Like, I can't listen oh, to this. But then as no. soon as but as soon as I turned it off, I immediately turned it right back on because I'm like, no, I need to sit here and I need to hear all of this. I need to see exactly what he's gonna. Not because I was mis misconstruing what he was saying. I just wanted to hear all of it so I could know exactly what this is. So I turned it right back on. And he just went on and on about how Meg is big and Tori is little, and Meg is big and Tori is little. No. And I'm looking at it like, and I mean, and not for nothing, like, I didn't really feel like anybody on the show pushed back in any significant way as far as like, okay, Meg is big, Tori is little, so she should have got shot. Like, that would have been even like the mildest form of pushing back. And I didn't really hear any of that. And so, and I mean, Sway is someone that everyone respects and Heather B and Tracy and that show is obviously a, a cornerstone of, of hip-hop journalism especially is spoken word broadcast journalism um when there's not that many long-running platforms but it was a little disappointing to just not hear them really offer any type of 
resistance to this idea that Tori is little and Meg is big. So that's a, a possibility of why she got shot. Like, I'm just like, it's not even that hard. Like, bro, I said it outside, out, out loud to myself a million times. Like, yo, he shot her. And it sounds crazy every single time. And I said this last podcast and I still feel that exact same way. Like, it's just crazy to say out loud, like, Tory Lane shot Megan Thee Stallion. Like, it's very... Oh, Why is it easier to talk about and make fun of Tory Lane's height than it is to reckon with the fact that he shot her? Like, I heard almost this exact same monologue on 107.9. I was just driving around yesterday... And um, the dude on the mic was like, so, I mean, you know, Tory Lanez, uh, that's my guy. That's my guy. You know, he's short, though. He's short. Fellas, what do you think? Call on in. Ladies, too, I guess. But fellas, come on in. You know, what, what do you think of this Tory Lanez, Megan Thee Stallion situation? He's short. And I was just like, why is that the refrain? Why? It's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And then no. first off, why is... I don't understand how, I mean, listen, anyone, I know how this business goes. And like Yo said earlier, it's all about relationships, things like that. I totally get it. Any people wind up being friends or, you know, being cool with each other that you might not expect or whatever the case is. But like, how is Tory Lanez everybody's friend all of a sudden? Like, I just, it's just That's weird to me. Like, nah, who, it's, it's just not weird to me. If you look at the way Tory's albums are structured, they're featured heavy. For sure. He, he's a relationship guy. Like, honestly, it's not even baffling to me. He He's maneuvered in a way that pits him in the vicinity of a lot of different guys. Right. And I can fully get why the men of the industry who have worked with him have doubled down on that friendship. And, like, just hearing you talk about what David said, bro, it, it really just punched me in my face. That that's what he chose to be the excuse. Oh, he's small. Bro, what? Like, what? Like, what you mean? What, what, what do you mean? What, do you, like, what are you even talking about? How does that justify shooting a woman? I don't care how big Meg is. Meg could be like an Amazonian. And you still can't shoot her. You should not, man. Like, you, you supposed to have such a control over that situation. That she shouldn't even get out the car. She never get that far. You got a bodyguard there. You can leave the bodyguard with her. Whatever you got to do to make sure that she is safe is is the number one thing you should focus on. But you put Take her me- in danger. Take Further her in, danger. And let Meg tell us she was only five minutes from the house when all of this happened. So, like, if y'all are arguing like that in the car, y'all are not getting along for whatever reason, take her home and leave her. And don't talk to her for months and months and months. And y'all have your relationship dissolved. Cool. Y'all having a beef is perfectly acceptable by everybody's standards. Y'all don't have to like each other. Y'all don't have to hang out. Y'all don't have to do none of that. But, like, there's no reason that it should have gotten to the point of guns and hospitals and cops and... Y'all just won't be friends no more for a while. And maybe one day y'all will reconcile y'all relationship. But like all of this to, to keep pushing the situation further and further and further. I just I don't get it, man. I don't get it. And and like even with the, the friendship thing, like I could like it's bad. But I could if you are someone who is like maybe low on moral fiber. Right. And you want to continue to rock with Chris Brown after he beat up Brianna because 
and you're a rapper and you like, yo, Chris featuring Chris Brown means like this hit record, or it means this billboard, it means this look, or it means this thing for me. I can, it's wrong, but I can understand the, the mindset of someone who is saying, I need this Chris Brown relationship. You need Tory Lanez? Like, really? Oh, like, you need Tory Lanez? Like, oh, Tory Lanez man. is someone who this relationship you need to protect because Tory Lanez is giving you a bunch of smash hits records before? Like, to me, Tory Lanez only has a couple of hits. So, like, the idea that he is some valuable piece of the industry cog that, yeah, he did some foul shit, but, you know, I kind of need this song. I kind of need this hook. Like, anyone can do, anyone who's in the industry right now who is a signed artist can probably do a hook like Tory Lanez. Like, it's not even but that. See, but see, yeah. it's not, think, to me, not, not to cut you out, Christina, my bad, but I just want to jump on what Josh saying. It's, it's not about the music anymore. It is 100% about the, the clout. And the thing about it is we have to remember Tory Lanez in quarantine was huge. He had one of the biggest programs on Instagram Live. He had one of the highest running like viewership out of any rapper consistently. So I think a lot of people are still viewing him from the perspective that he draws attention. So you might not be you might be able to do a Tory Lanez hook, but can you draw attention? If you on live, are you are you getting a million people to show up for your demon time? You know what I'm saying? It's like he showed us his power as a personality all before this. And I really do believe that the conversations he's had leading up to that moment were very, very prosperous. Tory was looking really good online. He was looking great online. And that's the thing. I feel like people are trying to see what end he's going to come out of. Because if he come out of this and he's still a star, you don't want to be the one that has said that thing and now you on the outs. And the crazy part is people seem more worried about their relationship with Tori than the relationship with Megan. Who's but that's also, what I'm saying. She's the one that guards the attention yo, for yo, real. Yo, like, exactly. she, shouldn't you be like, yo, I need to ride with Meg because nah. Meg is going to be this is a big thing and she's like Megan the Stallion. Right. And this is a good look for me. Like, you're even if you're choosing clout. This is a total lack of clout judgment. Like you choose Tory's clout over Megan's clout to be I, I just like I hear the, you. I hear like, you. It's, but it is one hundred percent to me, it has to do with uh, how long Tory been around versus like Megan is still relatively new. She's still a new artist. Tory Tory's been here for far longer than any of us expected Tory to be here. Okay, he's been around way longer than any of us expected him to. So I will give him credit for for being having some type of longevity that does exist. He has longevity. The fact that we're still talking about him is crazy. But because he shot like, someone. Yeah. Hello? <laughs> like Tory Lanez, like to me, Tory Lanez could have very easily have been Smiles and South Star. Like. Tory Lanez could have very That was a throwback. Wow. Throwback. I was like, very, who are you talking about at first? Okay, go on. Yeah, he could very easily have been just a rapper guy who rapped at one point. We talked about, you remember that guy, Tory Lanez? Like, it, to, to me, it's that. Like, I don't, I, I don't still don't really, even amongst his, you know, Instagram success and the, the hit records he has, but I, I don't see him as an actual a uh, 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 momentum in this game. It's just he's just a guy. I I know we're trying to explain why people are trying to defend Tory Lanes, and maybe this is too idealistic, but I just don't think anyone in this equation is an essential worker. 
Like wow. mm. the way <laughs> the way that these mm. in, the way that the industry changes over time. Like we were talking about Megan, how she's um, relatively new compared to somebody as seasoned as Tori, whatever. But the, all that is to say is that there are new key players popping up all, all the, time the time to where you don't. That can be a choice. You do not have to work with Tory Lanes. That is not required. You do not have to do that. And I think that there's enough pl- there's enough people doing music right now to where like that should even when we were talking about Chris Brown. I understand what you're saying, Ja, for sure, but I think over time ever since the Rihanna incident happened, there have been people that have made concerted decisions and said, "You know what? I'm not going to work with him anymore." And I think that's We've seen that happen to where he appeals to a certain sector of people, those who still like believe in the gospel of Chris Brown. But other than that, he's not nearly as essential as even a Rihanna. But in this equation, it's just like none of that should matter. Like, I think I don't know. I'm just so frustrated. Just so no, you're right. I mean, ultimately, regardless of whatever it is we're talking about, it comes down to the fact that people don't care. A lot, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people just don't care. Ugh. And if, if they if they found themselves enamored by Tory Lanez, they want to continue on that path of being enamored. And you know, in their mind, this has nothing to do with them, and they don't care about whatever the victim is. They don't care about whatever right or wrong is happening. Like they're they're not concerned about that. They just want you know, fans are by definition irrational people. And if you found yourself being one of those people or you just found yourself generally being apathetic to the abuse of women or violence against women or whatever the thing is, then you'll come up with whatever reason I guess you need to to just right. keep on rocking in the free world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something I've been thinking about uh, the Jay-Z line, you know, y'all respect who got shot. I respect the shooter. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking a lot about Jay-Z and Un. When he stabbed Un in the club. Mm-hmm. And just how big of a moment that was where Jay-Z was in his career. You know, he wasn't the biggest artist in the world yet. He had a name. He had Rockefeller. He was growing. But there was a situation where he was looking like, this this could be some big trouble for you. And I just I just keep thinking about, man, what, what if Jay-Z stabbed a woman? Yeah, and in that moment, you know, what if that situation? Same thing. Like, if he felt like there was a bootlegger that leaked his tape, that he was very, very angry about it, that he confronted the person, that the person blew him off, and that he just saw red. At that time, sadly, probably even less than what's going on right now. I was just thinking. It would have been a, even a, even a lesser story if he had done that. And because when he stabbed on was in ninety nine, like ninety nine two thousand, so before Volume Three came out. So yeah, they, it would it probably would have been even lesser because people cared less then than they do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't have Twitter back then. Yeah, there would have been no public. There would have been no public place to excoriate Jay Z. Like there, it wouldn't have. He was a growing star. I mean, he was a star, but he, like you said, he wasn't necessarily the biggest artist in the world. But he was a pretty big rapper. I mean, he was in somewhere in the in the whoever the most relevant rappers were at the time. He was in amongst them at that point, and there would have been no, there probably wouldn't have been any Source magazine 
article, you know, lambasting Jay-Z for stabbing a woman. There wouldn't have been any double XL article probably lambasting Jay-Z for stabbing a woman. And there damn sure wouldn't have been a huge public outcry to see this person arrested. But now we have public platforms. So yeah, and it's changed. Trash and it's changed. Publicly. Yeah, 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 and everything and everything is changed now. So that Tory, like I said on Twitter, um, if Tory doesn't end up in prison, like I, I mean, I know you, you know, like you said, Christine, the people are kind of waiting to see where he ends on this. But I don't think this is very different than Chris Brown to me, just from the standpoint of not necessarily the you know the violence is still obviously happening to a woman, but I think that when you bring in a shooting. And in a place like California, it just makes it very, very different for how the outcome is going to be. Because I personally feel like he's probably going to go to prison for some amount of time. Um, But even if he doesn't, I don't see how you can't justify this corporate. The corporate, I don't think, can justify this. As much bullshit as corporate entities tend to justify, whether it's record labels or radio or whatever entity would want to, you know, work with him on a sponsorship level or whatever, he shot a woman. I just don't think you can, you can't do enough community service. You can't do enough uh, public apology tour. There aren't enough Today shows. There aren't enough Good Morning America is for you to do to wash this one off. I could be wrong, and maybe that's idealistic too, but I just don't see it happening. I think he's done, 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 like finished, done. Like we may not even see him in America <laughs> for too much longer, depending on how this thing goes. We should bury a time capsule and say what our Tory Lane's prediction is, and then bury it, and then like dig it back up in 10 years. <laughs> Give it, <laughs> shit, nowadays we might not even need 10 years. We can might dig it up in 2022. There we uh, go. Like, mm. <laughs> There's enough erosion on the earth to where like the water just yeah. like uncovers it. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> By the time the polar ice caps melt in Alaska, that thing will be floating somewhere through Brooklyn, and somebody, somebody, somebody will pick it up in front of the Barclays Center and be like, "What are all these Tory Lanes predictions in this time capsule doing here?" Like, like that's where we're at with it. Oh my god. Well, speaking of Barclays, I think we need to talk about this Pharrell and Jay-Z entrepreneur record. So maybe let's talk about our expectations first. Because I think that part was very interesting. And that's what had the group text aflame. If you will, <laughs> a flame. <laughs> is that is that what it was? Was it a flame? <laughs> uh, there was just a lot happening, and it was just I I I wasn't expecting that discourse. I'm not gonna lie. I thought we had all generally agreed that there was gonna be scolding dad energy, and I was surprised that we didn't all agree. At least initially, at least initially, I don't know. What were your expectations? When you see Pharrell and Jay-Z, what comes to your mind? Um, I mean, granted, they've worked together before. Let's be Lots. clear. Lots of times. But they have not done it necessarily in this sort of political climate, or at least not answered to this sort of political climate together. And so going into it, I, I mean, I try to s- not be Debbie Downer, so I kind of like walk myself back and be like, okay, well, it's the Neptunes, which is cool. 
and maybe this will be okay. But I couldn't help but think it's not that we're dealing with the Pharrell of the early 2000s or we're not dealing with the Jay-Z of the early 2000s. We're dealing with both of them in 2020. And in 2020, I'm not optimistic as to how this will go. That was my exact thought process. Yo. When I saw the font, I knew it was going to be terrible. <laughs> what? No, what font? font? I knew it. What was I knew that? It. I knew okay, it. Okay, d- describe Yo, the font. You can just tell. It felt like like the old Star Trek font. Like it was supposed to try to get a reaction out of me that felt nostalgic. Like I, it, it really made me feel. It was so simple. It was black and white. Had frail Jay Z, but like stylistically, it just kind of reminded me of Star Trek. And when I, when I felt the nostalgia, I knew nothing good was gonna come from that. I don't trust nostalgia no more. No, 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 no. Because it, it, it didn't feel new. It didn't feel fresh. It didn't feel innovative at all. It just felt like it was. Chasing for real, like it was really selling who was coming with out with a song. And then like entrepreneur, the title, like Jay Z's been on this kick since four four four. I know for reals, obviously, uh, you know he's the you can do it too guy. All these things already just spoke to me in a very negative way, because it's it's like you said we're in this political climate right now. People are going through it. Like, this is a very hard time for folks, and well, I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to have a song that's going to tell me, oh yeah, go start a business right now. Like what I really probably needed a song to go tell you, you know, like make sure your health is good, make sure that your your people good. Like I don't need someone to tell me to go get some money right now. Like what? Like first what? of all, where, where? Yeah, but y'all, but y'all talk about on. your expectations first before I. But that, that was just, that, was, that was my first initial thought was this is not going to be good. Um, well, my first initial expectation: if I see Jay Z and Pharrell, I'm automatically excited. Like, I make no bones about the fact that Jay Z is probably not even probably my favorite rapper of all time. But beyond that, I him and Pharrell, I can't. There might be, there might be a. a I can't even think of it off the top of my head. I'm sure there's at least one song that they've made together that I haven't liked. But to me, they are 99% together. I could, like, the Jay-Z and Pharrell songs, whether it's um, Allure, whether it's Give It To Me, whether it is, um, uh, what's the American Gangster joint? Uh, 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 Blue Magic. Not even Blue Magic. Oh, that Blue Magic, too. But no, the other one. um, Uh... Damn, hold on. Now it's gonna piss me off. Hold on, I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna look it up while I'm talking because I'm mad I can't remember what the name of the damn song is actually called. But to me, there aren't there are very few songs that um that they've ever done together that haven't been smashes. Like most of if you did a Jay-Z greatest hits, at least 33% of those songs would probably be Pharrell songs. I know, that's the song I was thinking about. I know. Um so yeah, so I don't I don't have any like I didn't have for me I didn't have any th- reason to think negatively about it. I, I granted your points about twenty twenty and all those things, um, I get that part of it, but I still for me personally I didn't have any reason to feel like, oh this is going to be terrible, like Jay Z and Pharrell are together, like this is a terrible combination of people. Like, I just don't <laughs> I don't have any proof or anything to to feel that way. So I'm just like okay cool a new song let's just and it's called Entrepreneur let's just see. Um, let's see what they're talking about. Or let's see how the 
the structure of this song goes. Let's see what they're on. So that was it. Just from seeing the, the little tweet about them having a new song, that was it for my initial, whatever my expectations might have been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's like, I think the biggest source of tension, right? It's like understanding their track record together, but then also coming to terms with the fact that as of this moment, this collaboration was not well-timed at all. Um, I think we're at a point now where, like Yo said, um, Jay-Z's been on his pull yourself up by the bootstraps tip. And then with Pharrell, I think he works best as a producer, but almost like a silent partner. And there were even two examples in the music video. You had Tyler, the creator, who very much benefited from having a Pharrell cosign. Well, basically, you know, if you get a chance to like work with your idol, like that's amazing. But then also Issa Rae, because early on the Awkward Black Girl series um, got a lot of support from Pharrell's I Am Mother. So those are like two really great examples of where Pharrell support really went a long way. But I just, as Yo was saying, we're at a we're at a period of time where we're in a pandemic. You know, that's one thing. And the governmental response to that pandemic has been small business administration loans that have been rarely doled out to small businesses that are being extolled in this very song. They're instead going to Yeezy Supply. They're instead going to the Los Angeles Lakers. So even if somebody catches that entrepreneurial spirit, where else are they supposed to go to actually get what's theirs? Like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, maybe something that Jay-Z fondly remembers, but it's a lot harder right now to even actually do that. And the fact that they thought it was a good idea to do this now, even if it is tied to a Time Magazine package, like, I don't care. I'm just like struck by the fact that they thought this was the appropriate response for right now. In addition to that, the song is terrible, but that's just even going beyond like how the song actually sounds. This is just the sheer concept of it. We're just talking about concepts. I respect the video for highlighting small businesses and bring awareness to black small businesses. And I really do believe that as a visual concept, that that is something that I would have loved for them to expand upon. One of my favorite pieces of content from the 444 album was the conversations Jay-Z had with other black men about some of the themes on the album. I think they were just like clips that you can find on Tidal and it really made me see that Jay-Z as a conversationalist has a, a, a great way of gathering people and starting conversations. And I believe that this song is supposed to be a conversation starter and a motivational piece that's going to encourage people to chase their dreams and to start their businesses and all of that good stuff and you know black excellence black excellence and I, and I and i understand black excellence as a theme as a mantra but i also understand small businesses because my, my parents are business owners my uncles are business owners and i've seen what happens when you don't get the loans i've seen what happens when businesses collapse i've seen what happens when you got to move people into your crib because the recession hit too hard like, I didn't see all the downsides of owning your own business. 
And that's something I do not see enough when it comes to these conversations. I don't see enough people talking about what could go wrong. You can find anybody during a time where things are up and when things are looking good, when things are working. But what happens when things aren't working? That's the thing they don't tell you about owning your own business is that when things go south, they go south for everything. You know what I'm saying? Like homes collapse, man. Like you really can live and die by your choices when it's your business. And I don't see enough of that when it comes to these kind of conversations. And especially when it comes to these kind of songs, especially from people who have like the kind of financial security that allows them to take certain risk. Like, man, it's, it's to me, especially like you said, like Pharrell supported, Issa Rae supported uh, Tyler. That's great. And that actually helps them get to that next level but like you are you giving your support to everybody like that's not possible it's not possible to to go and hold down every aspiring business owner every aspiring entrepreneur so you release this song as a motivational piece but like it's not real like Mm. that's 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 not real it's not real to me like what if they use the song to um announce that they started some business grant or something then I could kind of see it. Take the leap. Apply now. Because that's what Pharrell is saying. Just go ahead and take the leap. Yes. It'd be different. It'd be so different if it was some grants involved. And uh, maybe this next time, let's skip the song and just get straight to the grants. <laughs> like, man, like, uh, I understand the need to make music. I understand the the aspirational aspect of like knowing that you have a song in your head that you think can really help people. But And this is the thing about the record. To me, it seems like excellent black folks is trying to tell us that we can be excellent too and it's like nah don't tell me that don't tell me that unless you're gonna take me through your hardships take me through the points in your career where you felt like your business was about to fold you know talk about those moments and talk about how you came overcame those moments so then i feel like i got the whole spectrum of what you're encouraging so i can see the highs and the lows but you're just telling me that i'm black and i'm excellent i should start a business it's like uh so what happens when i'm homeless and who am i you gonna pick up my call then for real because there's gonna be a lot of homeless people during after this pandemic there's gonna be a lot of people on the corner bro and they all got dreams where are you gonna be at for them okay so here's where it, it becomes a flame yeah a, I disagree with all of that. What? <laughs> Let's yeah. start there. I disagree with all of that. You don't think this is panel talk rap, Jaw? This is a panel. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's where it is. For, let's, let's start here. Let's start here. The song is terrible. Let's start at the beginning. The song as a product is a bad song. I didn't. I don't know what Pharrell was doing with the hook and the singing, and it's like a whisper thing. It, I don't. I wasn't feeling the beat. I'm not feeling Pharrell. Um, so cool. Um, and I will say this to begin, I think to me, the place where Jay was most off base, honestly, wasn't any of that was more about black Twitter than anything else, because I think that um, I think that it was I mean, I, listen, Jay's 50. Right. So I know he's not a tweeter. And clearly, based off of how things have gone on Young Gurus, Instagram Live and things like that, Jay doesn't want to really be involved with social media to that extent so he's a 50 year old guy doesn't want to be on social media he's not really with it that's cool that's fine but i also think you can't the things that are going on right now in this world uh socially uh politically um you know even just cleaning up of whatever we can clean up as a society a lot of that 
is happening because of the pressure that people who use Twitter regularly have put on the the general discourse of things in society, right? So that matters, that counts. I mean, like Colin Kaepernick kneeling probably doesn't become as big a thing if not for social media. Sure, people might have noticed it. There might have been articles written about it. It might have been talked about. But people talking about Kaepernick on Twitter and the things, the 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 stories that came out of people talking about Kaepernick kneeling, a lot of the discourse, good, bad, or ugly, all came from these social media platforms. So like that counts for something. I'm not saying it's not it's not making anybody any money per se, but it definitely counts for something. There is value in it one way or another. Now, as far as the entrepreneurial side of it, um, A, yes, there are a lot of people who are going through hardships right now because they don't have a job. They don't have a job because maybe some of them worked at corporate, but a lot of them might have either worked at mom and pop businesses, owned mom and pop businesses, and those things are, a lot of them are closed now. A lot of them aren't coming back. If you look at the uh, the Atlanta uh, Eater list of restaurants just in this city that aren't coming back anymore, ever, it's a pretty long list and it's pretty sad. Some of those restaurants are places I love to go eat. Um, But also, there's nothing... There's nothing wrong with I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a risk. And I don't think I think this is I think this conversation is being looked at in a vacuum of A, like Jay-Z is like the capitalist devil. So I think that pretty much whatever Jay-Z does <laughs> is always gonna be like shrouded with this cynicism that like, what is Jay-Z doing? Uh, how is he? Ta- how is he grifting us? How is he taking advantage of us or whatever, whatever. But it's the same guy that supported Colin Kaepernick before you know, he went on SNL with a Colin Kaepernick jersey. So I don't think that he's as anti, I don't think he's anti-black people at all the way he's painted a lot of times. But I guess my thing about it is in this song, he's talking about, you know, he has a line about, if you know, if you can't own a business, at least work there till you can buy it. Uh, stock the shelves until you can, you know, buy this place or whatever the case, which is things that I've actually seen people, my, my, my old barber, who is now, I've lost him to success and like <laughs> for the glory. But like my old barber, the shop where he used to cut was a shop that he cut at for a little while, fell out mm-hmm. with the owner, um, you know, kind of was on his way to doing something, became a lot more prosperous through working through Tyler Perry Studios and getting these big movie to do uh, hair and di- hair and makeup, not hair and makeup, but do hair for these movies, these productions. And he came back, he bought the shop, and now the shop is owned by him. So, I mean, there are people who are doing this. But I guess the bigger thing about it is, is that like we run around, even during this time of pandemic, things are still selling. Commerce is still going on. The world has been put on pause in a lot of ways, but there's still commerce going on. There's still money being made there are people still like we run around saying support black businesses i mean over the over the month that there were riots going on in the street there was a regular thing that you would see on twitter i know we at bossip did at least two posts posting here are all these black businesses you can go support right now so i guess my issue is if you support enough black businesses those people will get rich 
these Telfar bags that women are really excited about right now, that guy is making a lot of money. If they continue to support this product for years and years, he'll make a lot more money. What are you going to do? Turn on him when he gets rich because he he had a business that's successful and it worked out and now he has a bunch of money. And now is he is this person, this entrepreneur, is this the the evil guy now, the evil woman now because they had a successful business that's making them millions and millions of dollars? If uh, Rihanna comes out with a new product every six days that sells off the shelf. She's got Rihanna Beauty and Fenty Skin and Fenty Lingerie, and she's done a partnership with Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, you know, and this is a black woman who got robbed by her business managers for lots and lots of money and started a bunch of businesses and turned them around real quick and made God knows how much money she's made over the past seven years, five years, and she hasn't put out any music, and <laughs> she's just been putting out products. And all I see when Rihanna comes out with a new product is Yas Queen, Yas Queen, Yas Queen. I don't see, I don't see this this uh, anger toward her making millions of dollars and all this other stuff. I don't see that issue for her, or really, I, I guess recently it's happened a little bit for Beyonce because some of the stuff that uh, No Name has talked about, I guess her beef with Beyonce as a capitalist and things of that nature. But for the most part, it's kind of like I didn't see anything wrong with saying no more take a risk and start a business if you can. I don't want to work for anybody. I don't really know anybody that wants to work for anybody. Of course, it's a risk to start your own business and things can go left. I mean, you're pretty much betting on yourself at that point. You're not betting on the, the, the system at large that's been built for us to work for someone and get a paycheck. You're saying I can do it better myself. And I'll just start whatever I start and I'll take on all the risk, which is an admirable thing. I don't I don't you know, that's something that, you know, if you're willing to bet on yourself in that kind of way, put it all on the line. I can respect that. Um, uh, not to cut you off, Ja. No, I, I just, just want to interject with like, I agree with you 100 percent. And. My my stance isn't Jay Z's some evil capitalist. Well, not you. That. I wasn't saying that for yeah. you per se. I was just in general. That's yeah, how yeah. but I know that's how a lot of people take it, especially since Jay is always a big voice about getting your own and taking those risks for yourself. But I think right now, specifically in 2020, something that I just feel like we're not talking about enough is like how all these people that have accumulated wealth have seemed to be really struggling with mental health. Like, man, we've had a lot of suicides this year. We've had a lot of people in the hospital, panic attacks, like really, really having difficult times. And these are people with money, people with businesses, things that are, are prosperous. You look at them as examples of probably what you want for yourself. But there are certain things that money cannot get you. And that's and I think that's the thing that I about my only problem with these songs or even with these, some of these perspectives is that we're not talking enough about how people, you know, yes, this is going to be a big risk. But you have to really kind of be strong to get ready for this. Like, I know Rihanna got to be strong, bro. Like she has to have a strong head on her shoulders to not only deal with what she has done in music, but to translate that into a business and then to be such a hands on business person. I mean, right, I think there's a reason why we don't see Kendrick like Kendrick and told us on, on that song, you, you know, like money doesn't stop suicidal thoughts. 
I just think there's a whole nother layer to money and to wealth and to trying to accumulate wealth that people have to be aware of is that it doesn't matter how much money you make if you're not good in your head. And that's the only thing that I, I don't hear in these songs. That's what I don't hear when I see Jay-Z rap or I see Pharrell singing. And even when they show in all these businesses, without getting a little bit deeper into the layers of who these people are and how they've been able to not only maintain themselves through a pandemic, but to, to make a thriving business. Like I just wish we talked more about the intricacies of these risks. And just how heavy they can be, or maybe how light. Some people are just extremely blessed. I know, I know, I've been blessed. I know, I've been big blessed. But that don't change that you still gotta kind of deal with the the struggles of. All right, I'm taking these risks. I'm making these plays. I'm doing it for self. But you you really gotta check in with self and make sure you know what you want because it just can't be money. Well, I'll say this. I, I mean, as far as mental health goes, I mean, you're you're right, and I don't. I don't know that the two things have to be mutually exclusive as far as like if you t- if you have a song about entrepreneurship or about money do I do I it, am I am I do I have a responsibility to talk about my mental health when I'm getting this money or when I'm starting this business I'm not saying that you shouldn't be talked about I'm just saying I don't know if they ha- if they are part and parcel of the same I think they uh, should be especially if you're a person of success well, here's my other part. Oh, 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 real quick. Here's my other part, though. You Go brought ahead. up Kendrick, and I'm glad you did, because Kendrick is also the same guy on Fear who rapped about Rihanna losing all that money and what that must feel like to be to come from nothing, to have made success, and then find out you're getting robbed. And to the point of, like, if I was... I mean, basically what Kendrick says is that, like, if I was getting robbed like that, I would be inclined to run up in there with my firearm and use it on somebody because you, you, I, I come from nothing and you're stealing from me and I'm trying to secure myself and my family and everything else. That would make me flip out. That was, that was part of the mental health thing that he kind of talked about. Of like, how would that make you feel? What does that do to you? He's, I'm, he said, I'm scared to spend my own money because I think I'm going to go broke again mm-hmm. and I'm filthy rich but and I can buy whole- whatever I want to do. But that's the whole layer of the conversation that's missing in this song. And granted, it is tough to fit all this in like whatever, like three minutes. But Jay-Z has that one line about like, you're going to rob Peter just to pay Paul or something. So like from that perspective, Jay-Z would look at Kendrick and be like, uh-uh, young man, he would wag his fucking finger. And I, I think that's what it kind of gets at. Maybe at this particular stage, you're right, Ja. We're just inclined to look at these folks and be like, dad, like, come the fuck on, like, leave me alone. But this song doesn't do anything to change my opinion. It just doesn't. I understand. Well, if it was a better song, it probably helps. <laughs> and this song was great, man. <laughs> the song was great. It might, the message might be received there. This song is terrible, and no one ever needs to hear it ever again. Oh, my God. Can Wait, can, we, uh, can I ask y'all one more question about Absolutely. this song? Okay. The hook, is called, the hook is Black Man, and it didn't really hit me until the music video shows Beatrix Dixon, who founded the Honey Pot, the feminine care product line. That that appearance really stuck out to me because I was like, oh, I actually use her products. That's really dope. Why the hell does Pharrell have to make the hook black, man? Like, what is that about? Especially after this conversation where we're talking about um, Megan Thee Stallion versus Tory Lanez. It, fe- it just feels like, why couldn't we be more inclusive from a gender standpoint? Yeah, the video, I think the video made a much better point of what the song wanted to convey than the song itself. 
because mm. in a song, in the video, there's lots of black women. Like I seen lots of black women entrepreneurs that were, you know, on various levels where they were, you know, they had the lady who was like selling t-shirts that looked like or whatever. And then yeah. they had Issa Rae who had a whole compound of media that she's getting ready to embark upon in the hood of Cali- of Los Angeles. So the, the song didn't really get at any of that. And the video did. And that was a very, that is a kind of a weird juxtaposition, I guess. of like, why didn't you approach the song in the same kind of way? You know, you reminded me that Donald Glover in This Is America also very specifically talks to the black man about getting mm-hmm. his money. You know, it seems to almost be uh, a part of the language of rap to speak directly to the black man. Which, you know, obviously, because black men have garnered so much success in rap, I think that's why rap is such an inspiring art form for black men. Because you see so many black men thrive in that space. And I don't know what it is about not being more inclusive, but I do know that it seems that they're still trying to communicate directly to the black man. And I think something that rap has to really come to reckon with is that you're not just talking to the black man. You're not. And you can't, you know, like you have to talk to the black woman. You have to talk to to any and everyone that you want to see thrive. Because it's, it's, it's deeper. It's more than just us. It's way more than just us at this point. And, it, and it's never going to be just us. And we're talking about building communities. We're talking about building businesses. We're talking about building a brand new society. You cannot be exclusive if you're trying to build something. You know, I want more people to look into Tulsa and Black Wall Street and really see how they built a, a thriving black town. And so much of that town was about how businesses were inside businesses. That, you know, you had a hotel and inside the hotel there was a barbershop. Inside the barbershop you had, like, it, it was just businesses and businesses and businesses. And that was how they were able to make the dollar circulate. The black dollar never had to leave the town because all the black, all the black businesses were inclusive. But that's exactly what he's talking about in the song. Yeah. That's what, but that, the but song that's the doesn't part acknowledge larger wrong. forces like racism. No, black and, Wall Street and, and, went under flames because of racism. But this song won't address granted, that. But but this song is talking to us, not them. Like when you're talking about the loans and that kind of stuff, that's that that song should be aimed at the other, at the government and at the people who did those crimes. But this song is talking to us. You can't tell us. Racists are gonna come burn down your Black Wall Street, so don't build shit. You right. can't tell. You can't tell us the government isn't going to give you the loan you're supposed to get, so don't do anything. No, John, I hear you. I, like, I just, that, that I, can't be the message either. So it's I, like I, I, don't, I just think that the song to me, I feel like four 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 communicates that far better than the song. They were mad I, at that too. So, yeah, 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 but they they got over that <laughs> like, shit. You can't they satisfy these shit. people. You can't. You can't. <laughs> but, but I just believe that Pharrell and Jay Z are very smart men, extremely smart, and I think they understand how topical this this song is. But I also feel like it is shallow. I think it's shallow because it does not really, really, really to me drive home the point that it's trying to make. I think they really. Right. I, I think I think they went light. Well, that's not what we needed right now, man. Like, oh, they we went really super need, light. We really needed some shit though. And that's what I'm saying. It's like it's 2020, but, bro. 
Like, but folks like, really that, need something right now. And that shit wasn't it. No, that wasn't it at all. But it seems that people's critique of it is more of the concept than the execution. Like, it's almost like people don't... People recoiled at the idea of capitalist talk. And I'm one... I've been saying this for years. Capitalism needs, like, a serious tweak. I don't know if full-out socialism can survive in America, but capitalism needs, like, a serious, serious tweak because just it's pretty obvious at this point Throw that, the table. Just upend it. Just, like, throw it in the dumpster. Well, see, I don't want to upend it. I just want to put new legs on it and give it a new shellac and, like, make it a better table that's maybe a little bit bigger with more people on it. I don't want to throw the table. I don't want to burn the table. Because here's the thing about it, right? I don't know... Like I said, I don't know if socialism, like, full socialism would work in america i just i don't you know because we're monsters that's cool though well, yeah and and we people are, monsters. are monsters yeah no people are monsters and people want what they want and this society has been built a certain way that is going to change a lot probably over the next 25 years but certain things i think are never going anywhere and when, like when i say capitalism needs a tweak like clearly there are people who have an extraordinary amount of wealth that could be doing a lot more for society at large. Maybe they're not under a quote-unquote obligation to, but if you've got $200 billion, like, you can fix a lot of stuff. You and your other rich friends can fix a lot of stuff. But um, but people were pretty turned off, I think, just by the capitalist talk of it. Like, and I don't know... If you don't have capitalism, how many mom and pop businesses are you going to have? How many black businesses are you going to have without some level of capitalism? Like, are we? Is everyone going to be able to just own a business if we push to? And this has nothing to do with music at this point, but like, <laughs> if we push to a, a, a point where it's just full socialism, are we going to have what we? The good things that we're able to get out of it, are we still going to have those things? I don't have the answer. I'm no economist. I'm just asking the question because it seems that people do want to start from ground zero and go up in a whole nother way. And that's asking a lot. It's idealistic, and I'm not saying that it's not rooted in good faith, but I mean, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That was a good use of that. Again, I don't have all the answers. I'm not even pretending to have the answers. I'm just asking questions because I don't know if the things that everyone is saying that they hate so much, they'll hate as much if there isn't some elements of that available to us as people who want to do better. I'll say this. I, I think Christina really nailed it when she said like the timing of this is just kind of weird. Because I do believe because of COVID, people are re-examining certain structures and certain mm-hmm. concepts. Big time. That's big that, time. that's a big thing people are re-examining. I think capitalism is a, is a big concept that we are re-examining. And because of how money has been uh, deposited into our accounts, it's been the devil. But like just the way the government gave us $1,200, you know, in Obviously, the discourse on Twitter is like, what are you going to do with your 1200 You know, are you going to start a business? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Like, <laughs> are you going you know, to start Jesus a business Christ. with $1,200? Come, Come on, man. What are you going to do with your unemployment? Oh, like, what are you going to do with all this? You can't and start a Twitch account for $1,200. You can't. That's what I'm saying. Like, $1,200 isn't going to get I'm you anything. I'm telling you, bro. The, the idea is, are you pitting your money to working towards something? 
That's, yeah. that's, oh, no, that no, seems no, no. to right. be the big concept. But what people don't understand was they gave you that money to survive. <laughs> like, right? Like, we're, we're not even sure we're going to survive this yet. That's my main thing. It's like, yo, make sure you straight first. Make sure your home is set in place. Make sure your people is eating. And then, yo, take that risk. Figure it out from that perspective. But mm-hmm. I don't think these songs right now are, are, are even just like celebrities. Like, I'm tired of hearing from celebrities. True. I'm tired of hearing from them. Like, I, I don't True. think I've heard from a celebrity that really, really inspired me this entire time. People say that, but people want celebrities to speak when they agree. I think yeah. Cardi B has people. been inspiring. Uh, Cardi B has been inspiring. Car- Cardi, Cardi she B is, yeah, she's very inspiring. You know, Cardi B is very inspiring. But, but, uh, like, but, 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 but see, that's the thing. I feel like we got to get away from expecting these people to say anything about anything. I agree with you. I've been saying that for years. Every time someone calls out somebody for not saying something about whatever, I always think it's dumb because I'm like, I don't like why do you care like you can't have it both ways you can't say we, this celebrity culture is taking over the world and then as soon as something happens you'd be like well how come such and such didn't say she just won an oscar how come she didn't say like i just went to see her movie how come she didn't say like you can't have it both ways <laughs> yeah. you can't have it both ways so like you know what I this never... is it's the where's jaw phenomenon <laughs> 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 i just Shit, i don't uh... get it I don't get it. Like, just who cares? Like, I get people have platforms and voices and like you can use them for good, quote unquote good. But as soon as the person who you want to speak says something that like Dave Eastie, then it's not cool for people to speak no more. Then it's like, okay, well, maybe you should shut up then because you're going to say something dumb that's going to set us back 90 years. Because you're a celebrity. <laughs> so, like, there's so many frustrating things about society right now that I just like. I love the fact that we're moving in a progressive direction. Like, because I, I know I probably sound like the bitter old man. Like, I'm, I'm, I fully support like really everything that's happening right now, from women's rights to getting sexual abusers out of here to, um, you know, people getting uh, social justice to police, like all of that. I'm for that. Couldn't be more for that. Mm-hmm. But. There are there are things going on or there are ways in which people want to go about some things that give me pause. And I think as much as we're questioning, rightfully questioning capitalism and every other ism, we also have to equally as hard question some of the ways in which we're getting there, even if we know they're on our side. Not to like excoriate someone who is trying to do good, but the way you do something good is almost as important as doing the good thing. Mm. And, you know, we're as a society, like you said, yo, we need, obviously we need more people. We need togetherness in some way, form or fashion. If this society is going to continue on the way it is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out over the next 10 years or so. Yeah. I've been saying this is year one. This is year one? Year one. Yeah. This is the first year. There's nothing before this. Everything after. No, I'm with you. It feels, 2020 feels like the aftermath of 9-11. Like it feels Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like everything burned and crashed and just destroyed. And now it's not exactly Mad Max, but it's kind of like, all right, we're going to reimagine this society on every level. I don't know. I just saw Mad Max. I see the similarities. The new one or the old one? 
Um, the, the OG first, or the... I saw the first one. The okay, first, okay. Mel Gibson. The Mel Gibson, right. Yeah, I was going to say Mel Gibson, not Tom... Tom. Well, well, I actually saw the Fury Road one first. That was the first Mad Max movie I'd ever seen. But then, of gotcha. course, I tried to go back to the beginning because when we're staying at home, I'm just trying to understand history. Did Mel Gibson say anything anti-Semitic in the OG Mad Max? I don't remember. Now I'm thinking, now I'm thinking about Mel Gibson. I'm like, yo, Mel Gibson, damn. What did Mel Gibson <laughs> mostly kept his mouth shut. As yeah, he yeah, should. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in, he, yeah he's one of those that doesn't need to speak. We don't need your opinion, Mel Gibson. We don't, we don't need your opinion, Mel Gibson. I mean, and so that's why the movie was, I mean, it hit different because initially going into it, I was like, wait, this isn't the one with Tina Turner? I feel ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now that we're walking away with Dave Eastie as a um, adjective... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stands now. Stamp that. Stamp that. I hope we never have to use that ever again. <laughs> like ever. 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 Um, I guess the only other takeaway I mean, what I could think of is that um the first episode of Killer Mike's trigger warning series was actually very much about this notion of buying black and the real economic benefits of that in this time. So I guess if people are intrigued by this concept or like if they want to understand Jay-Z's lecturing tone when he says buy two FUBUs for the one Gucci or something like that, I think that episode kind of dives into it. It's something that I've taken for granted because I think actually Asian Asian Americans are the most likely to buy from other Asian Americans. So that was just a concept that I didn't think too much of but i think that episode really kind of dives into that and i mean it shows killer mike basically hitchhiking his way through atlanta i, I want to say it's through atlanta because he's reckoning with how hard it is to actually buy black in this particular time um or at least however many years ago because that was an eternity ago so yeah and i, and I think like i said i uh I, I try to support a black business wherever i can but Eventually, like I said, if those businesses become prosperous, those people are going to become rich. And if the idea of becoming rich turns you off, then I I just don't. Maybe I'm dense or maybe I just maybe there's some part of the concept that I'm missing, which I'm perfectly open to acknowledging. But I just don't understand support black business, support black business, support black business. But. Don't get rich, or don't yeah. get rich enough to don't get rich enough to make me uncomfortable with how rich you are. Don't get like, richer than me. Either either don't get richer than me, or don't get rich and start to feel like you're acting like a rich person. I don't know what the I don't know what the the caveat that people want to put underneath it is, but it just seems to me that those are two very opposing messages to some degree. And I would want any black business that I support that I think has a good product to get rich. Let me, I'll just say that outright. Like if I like your product or your food or whatever it is that you sell and I buy a lot of it and I tell people to buy it and they buy it and people go on buying your product for years and years and years, I hope that you're filthy rich. It's just a, it's just an archetype. It's the rich man archetype. It's when you get out of touch. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Being out of, yeah. And being out of touch is very different than being rich because they're but they do go hand in hand because the further you go up on that they can go hand in hand but there's some broke ass people who are very out of touch (laughs) (laughs) and 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 the truth of the matter is 
a lot of them are in our own families. Like if you really, really <sighs> yeah, want to go there, yeah, like yeah, if you have you have some man. conservative uncles, some conservative aunts, some conservative grandpas or grandmas or your mom or your dad or whoever it is. It, those people who you're talking about are probably in your family and they're super out of touch and they don't have a dime. So like I get that the rich thing might could put you in a different space, but like the same way you're talking about, like, yo, it's talking about like, let's talk about the mental health side of that. Like, let's just not make it like the rich people are the only people who are like twisted out here because a lot of y'all motherfuckers don't know what the hell y'all talk about. He ain't lying. And, and I just I just I just, just want to add that if if you are a black business, make sure you're a business that you want to you that you're doing something that you want to get rich at. Like yes. don't 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 do something you're thinking, okay, this is just for the money. Like, nah, man, this is a chance to do something you're passionate about. To it's really, really good for people. Good for it's us. good for you for people, and then it's gonna be good for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I I really do believe that this is a great time to bet on yourself. But you got to make sure you're betting on what you want to do and who you want to be and not mm-hmm. what they tell you you want to be or what you should strive for. Like, that's so important because you will get rich and like then you got to deal with it. Yeah. But you want to you want to get rich living your life. Facts. Not somebody mm-hmm. else's. Facts. Facts. And, ri- mm-hmm. and rich don't even have to mean millions of dollars. Like I could be if I had if somebody gave me 500 grand right now. If somebody gave me 250 grand right now, I think I could go on and be rich. I think I could live my life with that money and figure it out henceforth and be good. And rich might not be mean ending with $25 million at the end of the day, but you can be rich in whatever way suits your lifestyle and the things you want to accomplish. But I'm just not going to... I want to support people that are doing dope stuff that are taking that risk on themselves. And I guess you hope they don't get out of touch, but like if they're giving a good product and they're black and they're out here trying to do it, I'm with it. And I don't have any problem with the money that they make. And hopefully they do something good with that money. If they do hit that Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos. You mean the Terminator? Jeff Bezos is the, is the Terminator. Terminator. Yes, the Terminator. Like, hopefully they do something good with that because the truth of the matter is, even though some of them may not deserve it, I can. I feel like I can trust or give the benefit of the doubt more to uh, black, brown, minority, billionaire, well, some of them. But I can give the benefit of the doubt more to them than I can to a Jeff Bezos or some of these other billionaire white guys who you know aren't going to come back and do anything helpful for people. I mean, we certainly need more income inequality, or not income inequality, but income equality because when you're- shot. Yeah, because otherwise, if we're operating by this scarcity mindset, then you just breed even more Jeff Bezos, who at the, fir- at the moment that they see more than they've ever earned in their life turn completely evil. So- and then there's that. Um, well, you've been listening to the Something to Say podcast produced by Michael Sava here in the SWATs. Um, this podcast is also supported by um, our very loyal Patreon supporters who we are so appreciative of. If you want to learn more, head over to patreon.com slash something to say.